You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about five strategies on analyzing film of your own team. You know, in the past, we've always talked about what to look for um, in your opponent, but I want to focus on things that you can do right now when you're looking at film to help your team improve uh, for your next practice or um, the next set of practices. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 104 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? We are in what the we're in June now. I know a lot of people are in getting ready for. Well, some people are in the ending of their season, depending on the leagues you're in. Some people are in the off season right now, which many people are in. Uh, off season, it's a great time to really get a chance to rest rehabilitate if you need to also is a great time to focus on your strength and conditioning making sure you're jumping higher gaining strength in your mobility and your upper body and so you can swing harder serve harder you know the off season is such a great time to dial in on your own improvements you know your technical game you can get you can maximize so many repetitions that you potentially couldn't do during the season so off season is a great time i know there's camps that are happening it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Everyone's getting ready for the new season. And for those of you that are finishing your seasons, I hope the seasons are going well. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the Volleyball by Design podcast. And if you're a new listener, welcome. You got about 103 episodes to get caught up on, but I hope that you get value out of it. You know, that's what we try to do. We try to deliver value every episode where you can take back to your gym and apply it right away. And for my regular listeners, as always, you guys know I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, it's you know we're 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 104 episodes in and we're we're not stopping anytime soon. I I feel like we're just getting started. So a couple um couple of announcements I guess or things that I want everyone to be aware of. So I want you to uh, make a note of some of these dates that I'm going to share with you. I mentioned it on the podcast before, but August 6th and August 7th. Okay, so I want you to write that down. August 6th and August 7th. That is my first DVA live, my virtual coaches clinic, where. I'm going to be walking you through those two days on how to build a championship program. It's not going to be like those other uh, coaching symposiums where you may have attended or coaching clinics where um, they have a bunch of guest speakers who talk about a certain aspect of the game. You know, you'll go to a lot of these clinics. And by the way, I'm not, you know, I'm not trashing these clinics. They're fantastic and there's definitely value there. So, you know, still go to those. Um, But it's not going to be a clinic where you have a, a speaker that's going to talk just about you know passing. Another speaker may just talk about offense. Another speaker may talk about mental toughness. Maybe another speaker will talk about setting and drills. And and those are great. I those those clinics you can always walk away with taking a couple things away from it. Uh, now this clinic that I'm running, my virtual workshop, is going to be focused on building a championship program, and that is going to take a lot of, not a lot of time in terms of uh, the the lessons, but building a championship program takes time and you got to know the ingredients to build the championship program. What is it composed of? 
how do you do? How do you plan for it? What are things that are necessary for you to do that? So we're going to walk through it the entire weekend on building a championship program from the ground up. So I'm going to walk you through my blueprint on how we've built championship programs from all different levels, from elementary school all the way to college. And we're going to have a lot of, uh, well, not I shouldn't say a lot, but we're going to have a good amount of guest speakers. Uh, My mentor, Coach John Spraw, is going to be a guest speaker there. That's the U.S. men's national team and head coach at uh, UCLA. Uh, I'm going to have another coach mentor of mine going to come on talk about creating championship programs. Programming. And I'm going to have a couple professional players come through and, and share their insight as well. And, and it's going to be a, a weekend of not just you sitting and listening to lessons and stories and things like that, but it's going to be practical. You're going to get a chance to actually work through and build your program, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a weekend where I can sit down with coaches and build out your championship program and what that looks like to you. So that's, going to, that's what it's going to be about. August, what I say, August 6th and August 7th. So save that date. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start releasing tickets. Uh, don't I, in the next couple of weeks. I hope to to start doing uh, to start getting people in. Um, but yeah, August sixth and August seventh. So make mark that on your calendar. And I'm excited, super excited to be able to have that weekend where we just talk and build your programming. Okay. Now today's was that? Yeah, that, I think that was my only big announcement. Uh, I might have a couple other announcements next week, but that's the big one right now. So today we're gonna talk about five strategies on analyzing film of your own team, okay? Analyzing film of your own team. I know that is a, I'm hoping that film analysis is part of your programming as coaches, because it should be. So if it's not, please, please, please start making it a priority because it's, it's, it's 2022, it's part of our game. You know, analyzing film is something, is a skill in itself, by the way, where coaches have to do it. Now it does take some time, which is unfortunate, but there's so much value in analyzing film, not just of your opponent, but of your own team as well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to focus on five distinct strategies. Now, the first, now the first thing I want to say before we get into the five strategies, when you're setting up your camera, try to set up your camera on your team side and on the baseline. What that means is behind your team so you can see what it looks like. So you can get the entire view of the court from the back and the net and where your team is. And your team is going to be facing the opponent, so the opposite side. Okay, So you're setting your camera up behind your team closer to the end line. And it's going to be a little bit further away from the end line because you obviously can't have a camera pretty much right by the, by the end line. So that's where you want to set it up. You don't want to set it up on the side. You don't want to set it up on the corner. Uh, you don't want to set it up on the opponent's side. You want to set it up on your side behind your players, okay? Because that's going to give you the best angle and view um, of a lot of things in our game. The side angle is actually the worst angle. And that's why it's, I mean, if you're listening to this and you have any uh, any um, any say or, or any role to play when it comes to filming, you know, professional volleyball matches from NCAA, U Sports to professionals, Olympics, really have a baseline camera view and show that and have that option available to users. You know, because I know like with VNL that's coming up and, you know, other professional leagues, there, there's never an option to choose. Like if you're streaming it online, there's never an option to choose just the baseline view. And that should be an option. I, I, I can't believe I'm even saying that. Like that, that should absolutely be an option to be able to view games. But anyways, I digress. That's another conversation. But that's where you want to set yours up. So now let's get into the five strategies. The first one is rotation. So coaches, write that down. 
I want you to make sure when you're looking at your team on your camera that you're watching their rotation. And what are you looking for? One, first of all, make sure they're in the right rotation. I mean, that goes without saying, but make sure they all know their rotation, all six rotations to the back of their hand. They know exactly where they need to, where they need to be and, and where to go from there. And also, what, when you're looking at where they're standing, ask yourself, are they in the most optimal position to attack the ball out of this rotation? Because it's important to know that you know when they pass a ball, their positioning at that point prior to the serve is that the most optimal position for there to be for uh, they to be so that you could pass the ball and run an offense because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to run an offense, so making sure they can do that. Now, when it comes to rotations, I did talk about rotations on episode ninety nine. Okay, so if you go back and listen to episode ninety nine, I talked about how to make your uh, rotations more efficient. You know, and I specifically talked about the rotations where the setter is in position six, five, and four. Those are the t- those are the three big ones: position six, five, and four. When the setter is in those positions, that's where I find some coaches' rotations not as efficient as possible. So m- try to look at that and see how efficient is your rotation. Are they being able to attack efficiently out of it? And sometimes you may notice that. You teach rotation efficiency. You teach them how to be in the best position to, you know, to go to your to go to their next position. Well, there's a little play on words there, but they're not. So really watch that on your uh, on your film to see you make sure they're they're in the right rotation. Okay, so that's number one, rotation. Strategy number two, block defense. Really, really important that you look at your block defense, and this helps when the camera is behind you. Because you can see exactly how your block is set up and and how your backcourt defense is set up relative to that block. So what are you looking at? Well, let's start with blocking. When you're looking at blocking, the question you want to ask yourself is, are they reading or are they guessing? So you may ask me, well, how can I see that if I'm looking at a camera from behind where the blocker's eyes are facing the opponent. I can't see the blocker's eyes. And you're absolutely right. You can't see the blocker's eyes. And that's one of the cues. One of the cues is looking at the blocker's eyes to see if they're guessing or reading. But what you can do is you can look at their head positioning. So if you notice that when the set is made, your blocker's head is tilted up, and staying there, and they're kind of like rotating their head up from one position to another, that generally means that they're ball watching. Because if their eyes are up, then their head is probably tilted up as well to a point where it's staying there for a long period of time. And you can you can tell they're not really transitioning their blo- their footwork yet. They're still looking at the ball. So watch for that. Look at their head and see how long they're looking at the ball for. Because the rule of thumb is once they once they've identified where the ball is going and they have to look at the hitter next their head should rotate and focus on the hitter and if they do that that will their, their footwork will follow so you'll see that they're not now they're not really guessing they're reading and by the way reading wrong is okay if you noticing if you're noticing that they're late on the block but they're reading and not guessing that's a skill that we can build on but if you notice they're late on the block and they're guessing, that's a problem that we need to fix and address in practice, okay? So when you're looking at your blockers, look at their head position, their head, it sounds really weird, head positioning, but look at their head tilt and see if you can pick up on whether they're guessing or they're reading. The next thing you're going to look at when it comes to the block is their footwork. 
are they moving along the net efficiently? And that's going to be based on whatever you teach your athletes. You know, if you're teaching shuffle, 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 step, you know, more push off the inside foot and rotate outward and close, like whatever footwork you're teaching them, that's what you're going to look for. Are they executing the proper footwork? Because they can do it all practice long, but when it comes to the game in a game environment when pressure and scoring and everything's on the line, how is their footwork? The next thing you want to look at in the block is your hand positioning. How is their hand positioning? And the final thing is penetration, which kind of goes hand in hand with high hand positioning. Is their hand positioning terrible? Or are, are there, is their wrist back? You know, is their hand straight up, meaning they're not sealing the net, which also means they're probably going to be uh, vulnerable to getting tooled. You know, a lot, of a lot of opportunity for the hitters to hit off the hands there if they're not sealing. And that comes with that penetration. Are they penetrating over the net into the opponent's uh, space to, you know, get a good solid foundational block there? Okay. So things like that, that's kind of what you're looking for in the block on your side. Now let's talk about backcourt defense. Well, what are you looking for in film when it comes to backcourt defense? That deals with how is your defense positioned around the block? So when there is a seam in the block, meaning there's a space between the blockers, are they stepping into that seam? How about when there is a sealed block, are they moving back to, you know, play off the hands? Are your uh, defenders in five and one moving in for tip coverage, you know, you know, like little things like that, making sure they, they're, and again, this is all dependent on your defensive philosophy as well. You may have a different philosophy based on a sealed block versus a block with seams, or given the blocking situation, you may have a, a structured defense, whatever that is, whether it's rotational perimeter, a, type, a form of trap defense, whatever that is, look for it. Are they executing the backward defensive structure that you've set up for your team based on the block? And that's what you want to look for. Is there overlap in your backward defense? Meaning, are there players that are playing defense and covering an area that another player is already covering? So understanding that, do they know their responsibility, you know, when they're playing backward defense? Uh, that's important. So all of this this is, by the way, this is one strategy, your block defense, okay? I mean, I guess I could couple it into two strategies, blocking being one and backcourt defense being another, but they but they go hand in hand. So look at your block defense and see if they're doing it, you know, if they're setting it up appropriately. The next thing that I want to talk about, strategy number three, is court awareness. And when I talk about court awareness, look at your players and see, are they engaged with every play, you know? How is their movement? When your team serves the ball, how long does it take your players to go to their IDP? And when I say IDP, I mean your initial defensive position. How long does it take your players to go there? And you want to understand this. Oh, by the way, I completely forgot to mention, caveat here. If you are a Digital Volleyball Academy member, I did an entire live training on analyzing film of your own team. And you can find that in the coach's blueprint inside DVA. Okay, it's called analyzing film on your team. So I did an entire live training where we walk through not just these five strategies, but a, a ton of other strategies. And I show you what it looks like what, by looking at film on our team, on my college team. And if you're not a DVA member and you would like access to that training, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and sign up for that waitlist. And I'll, I'll reach out to you to see if we, what we can do for you. 
Okay, so sign up for that waitlist. And if you don't know what Digital Volleyball Academy is, um, it basically is my signature membership where I get to work with coaches all around the world and bring them into my gym so they can get a chance to see what we do in our college gym. They get a chance to get access to my resources. And, I, and I've built a lot of courses over the last two years on all the positions in our game. Not to mention, you get a chance to jump on a coaching call with myself twice a month, one being a Q&A and one being a live training where I dive and I teach you all the things about our game so you can build a championship program yourself. So that's what we're all about. It's a really cool mentorship program um, where I get a chance to coach you, work with you, and bring you into my world. Not to mention, you get a chance to uh, like get a chance to collaborate with two, over 250 coaches, which is kind of nice. You don't get a chance to work with other coaches. You get access to a private community. So if you're a coach interested in really growing, learning how to build championship programs, learning how to be more efficient in your coaching, and taking that your, your level of coaching to another level, by, get, by getting my mentorship, then I think it's a place for you. It's a really, really positive environment. I love working with coaches. So yeah, digitalvolleyballacademy.com um, and, and uh, definitely reach out and I'll be able to respond back to you, okay? R right now, it is close to the public, so uh, put, put your information in and I'll reach out to you. So I digress. Let me get back to this. So court awareness. You know, are they, you know, one thing we look at is after you, you serve the ball, how fast does it take your team to switch? you know, switch on positions, go to your IDP? Are they just walking and taking their time? Or are they actually getting there? Are they focused? Are they dialed in? That actually, believe it or not, will will, uh, will set up your, your defensive structure a lot more efficient if they're doing that, okay? So something to look at, your quarter winners. Are they engaged, you know? How is their movement? Look at your backcourt defense. When the setter sets the ball, how is your backcourt movement? And then that kind of ties into your backcourt defense. How is their movement on offense? You know, how is their, how, are they communicating with each other? On defense, you know, things like that. So a little bit more than positioning, but are they communicating with each other? That's something you got to look at. Is it, Do you notice that one player doesn't get along with another player? Yeah, believe it or not, that might be something you see on film. Is there tension on the court at certain moments in the game? Look and see that. Is there tension on the court? When did that tension happen? During what moment of the game? These are things that are, these are little nuggets that are important that you can understand so that, you know, you can help your team, all right? So that's that's important, understanding that. Okay, strategy number four, setter decision as well as offense. Your setting decisions. Now, that, that's, that's, this is specific to a player, but I mean, your setter is, is arguably the most important player on the court, arguably, because they have to touch the ball every time and they have to be able to set your players up to score every time in an efficient way. So setter decision, are they making the right decisions? How is the setting? How is the location? How is the tempo of the ball? You know, these are things that are important. Does their setter, does their decision making change at moments in the game? You know, how is their technical aspect? Are they squaring? How's their footwork? How's their release on the ball? How is their, is their location consistent? You know, how well are they really running your offense? How are they gelling with your offensive players, all four attackers? These are all the questions I want you to ask yourself um, when it comes to this stuff. And by the way, if you're a DVA member, I have an entire list. Um, it's, a, it's a film review checklist where I, I have an entire list of all the questions that I'm asking and more. It's all there for you laid out. So when you watch film, you can go through this checklist and see and make sure that you know, you're, you're following through with it. But those are things that you got to ask yourself as a setter, or rather when you're looking at your setter, okay? So setter decisions, setter technical stuff as well. How are they running your offense, okay? So that's four. That's strategy number four. Look at that, all right? The last thing, 
and I mean, actually, let me, let me preface this before I, I want to tie back into setting decision. I guess this, I guess we can call this a point on sense. So maybe I'll talk about six things. But the fifth thing is your offense, and that kind of ties into setting a little bit because, you know, is how is your offensive flow? Are your attackers running their hitting lanes? Let's look at that. Let's start with that. Are all four hitting? Are all four hitters running their hitting lanes? And then, in addition to other, are they running their hitting lanes? Are they communicating with the setter? You know, like for example, if a ball is set off the net, is your middle running their hitting lane? Are they audibleizing? Are they changing the route that they're going to run based on where the setter goes? You know, like little things like that, be aware of the, your attackers. And there are technical for middle, left side, opposite, all your all your player positions rather, but make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're, they have, there's a flow in their offense and they're doing their responsibility. They know their responsibility, okay? So how is your offensive flow? And the last thing, the fifth or sixth point, whatever you want to, you know, go by this is, Game breakdown. Here's a question, and this is an important question I want you to ask yourself. How is your opponent beating you? Now, this is an interesting one because even if you're winning, even if you won the game, even if you are you, you got 25 points and they got 10, they still earned 10 points. So how did your opponent beat you? Was it your errors? Did they find weaknesses in your defense? Is there weaknesses in your offense? How did they beat you? Also, what worked well for your team? What didn't work well for your team? You know, what needs to be the focus for your next practice? This is all about game breakdown. So how is your opponent beating you? What worked well for your team? What didn't work well for your team? What do you want to see your team do that they didn't do in that game? Okay, and this is kind of like you know talking about your systems, your structure. How well was your system executed? You know, how well did your team follow the game plan? So, a lot of questions there, but this all ties into your game breakdown. So, how did your opponent beat you? How well did your team execute your game plan? Did they follow instructions? Did they understand your system? You know, what worked well, what didn't work well? You know, these are the things that you want to ask yourself for the overall grasp of the game. So if you notice, I talked about a lot of different things here. And I mind you, there are there are more aspects you can look at, but I, for this podcast episode, I want to keep it super simple to give you some tangible things you can take back to your team. And again, if you're a, a DVA member, there's a lot more inside the live training that you're gonna want to you know, further go through. But just to recap, you know, we talked about rotation, looking at your team's rotation and making sure it's the most optimal rotation so you can have a good offense that comes out of it. We talked about your block defense. Are they reading versus guessing? That head tilt will really help. Their footwork, hand positioning, penetration on the block. In addition to backcourt defense, how are they positioned around the sealed block versus a block with seams? Is there any overlap? Do your players know their responsibility on defense? And that's going to be contingent on your defensive philosophy and structure that you've taught them. Understanding court awareness. Do your players, you know, do they know where they got to go? You know, how's their movement? Are they engaged with each play? After you serve the ball, are they taking their time to get to their positions? Are they going in there, going there really quickly, getting them, you know, to be ready to play defense? You know, is there a, is there tension on the court? Do you notice some players aren't getting along? When did that tension occur in the match? Was you know everything all 
you know, butterflies and rainbows when things are going great, but when things stop going great and the other team goes on a run, or maybe you're making mistakes, how, how is your team reacting to that? These are all things you got to be aware of. That's, that's part of court awareness. And as a coach, it's important you know that. It's, it's, it's actually interesting because I noticed, I didn't notice this um, when I watched the game live, but when I went back and watched film, this, this happened a couple of years ago, I noticed that my setter set one, only one player very inconsistent versus other players. And I didn't pick up on why during the game. But when I watched film, I picked up on why. And it was because my setter was afraid of setting that left side because if they made a mistake, that left side would would give them dirty looks, you know? Would you could tell they were frustrated. You know, they would still come in and say, it's okay, get the next ball, but they were like really frustrated with that bad ball. And that made the setter feel responsible for that bad ball, put a little bit more pressure on that setter. And unfortunately, was, that setter was setting that person really poorly and never improved. And we, we, we never understood why until we watched film. And, and by watching film, we could have a conversation with that left side and said, look, and we showed him, look how well the setter sets all the other attackers. But for some reason, they set you poorly. Can you see why? And if they can't see why, you help them see why. But if they can, then great. Say, look at your, look at your, your, uh, your facial expressions when you got a bad set here. Look at how mad you were behaving. Right. Maybe it maybe it wasn't towards everyone else, but look at how your setter felt, and they started feeling nervous, and they start questioning their set, and they start asking you every second, "Hey, was that good? Was that a bad ball? Was that a good ball?" And when they get a good ball, it's like, Phew. thankfully, I set a good ball. But that's still tension to to set, to set the next ball, you know. So that that was a uh, that was really interesting when we saw that on film, and we were able to address it and help, and it, it, it did help. It, unfortunately, we noticed it a bit later in our season, but if I was if I knew to look at relationships on the court and court awareness, I would have figured that out way more. And that ever since that moment, that was that was the example where I added in court awareness to my film analyst checklist because now I was aware that behavior on the court, we can really uh, look at during film and we can really make an impact, make a positive impact when we can address these things, all right? So court awareness. The other thing was setting decision, okay, you know, how is your how is your setter decision? Frankly, you know, are, are they how are they running running the offense? How are they managing the offense? Um, how is the location? Is that consistent? And then you can go into some technical stuff. You know, are they squaring? How's the footwork? How's the release on the ball and things like that? And we talked a little bit about your offense, which was tied into setter decision a little bit. You know, how are you running your offense? Are your players, you know, after they pass, are they running their hitting lanes correctly? You know, depending on where the setter is, how are your hitters still running their hitting lanes? You know, things like that is important. And the last thing we talked about was the game breakdown. How is the opponent beating you? What worked well for your team? What didn't work well for your team? You know, what do you what do you want to see your team do? Did your team execute your system, your structure? Did they follow the game plan? All right, these are the things you want to ask yourself when it comes to game breakdown. All right. So those are the five, five or six main strategies on analyzing film of your own team. And I hope that when you look at film next time, you'll have a much better um, idea of how to approach looking at film. I hope this way you can approach it in a more systematic and structured way. And that way your practices and your player development and things that you could focus on are much more strategic than they may have been in the past. Mind you, I could be completely wrong, and you—you you got you coaches out there are amazing at this, and you're doing it, which is which is fantastic. Hopefully, this reassured you then that you're on the right path. All right, and um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, DVA, I got all I got all this stuff, all this live training, plus 
a lot more live training to build that championship program that we talked about earlier. Okay, so head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com uh, to get uh, to, to send me a message. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I will see you next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.